Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer thanks to purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com for giving us a chance to post our podcast over there. Be sure to check out great Vikings coverage at Purple PTSD and yes, Vikings sir. Territory. Not bad, Sam. Not bad. Uh, a little hesitation, but not bad. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna hopefully use this as the as the one that I could use forever, but um, oh, I jumped in though today. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, right. maybe another week. Well, uh, yeah, was, I guess so. Yeah, uh, nobody's perfect. Um, wow, well, in, your co-host, but. including the Vikings. Uh, yeah, right. Right. As we transition here, uh, I know we were talking, we sometimes kind of like talk a little bit off air. Sometimes we just want to get into it. We didn't talk a whole lot, um, but I think certainly, <clears throat> I, I guess I haven't really heard from you. Like yesterday's loss against the Packers, there certainly is several different directions we could go with this. Um, right. Where is your head at Monday morning, 8 a.m. after after that game yesterday? Well, previously, I would say the other similar game, the most similar game to my mind was the Cowboys game because that was the one where they were just so clearly out of it. Um, So that's kind of where my mind goes first thing. With the Cowboys, I think Sam and I each had the luxury of saying, you know, burn the tape, right? If I'm not mistaken, that came right after the Bills. You just came out completely flat and you say, you know what? Yeah, burn the tape. Screw it, right? And, And just move on with your lives. I don't think you have that luxury this time. This is a divisional rival who you could legit eliminate from the playoffs with the win. <clears throat> so that's how that ought to motivate you, right? Sorry, excuse me. That ought to motivate you. And then from there, the Eagles lost earlier in the day, right? And so therefore, that glimmer of hope of, of getting to first overall is still alive and well, right? Like as of going into week 16, there were six outcomes we needed. Three Eagles losses three Vikings wins. Well, I mean, we had two straight Eagles losses. We had the week 16 Vikings win, you know, so we were halfway there to getting that improbable first overall seed in the NFC. And so I say all that to say this, if you can't get motivated to potentially win the first seed in your conference and then to eliminate your arch rival, the team that has won the division for three straight seasons, um, I just don't know what will motivate you. So I don't think for a second that it was a motivation issue necessarily. I don't think the players out there didn't care or anything like that. Um, I just don't see how that could be any way possible. Like, of course you care. Of course you want to go into their house and beat them. But they were just so remarkably flat. Uh, Basically, I think outplayed in various you know, just kind of across the board. And I'll probably say too, I don't know what you think of this, Sam, but probably outcoached to us to in a lot of ways, right? Like um you know coming into this game, they're gonna prioritize stopping Jefferson, right? And and you give him credit. I mean Jair Alexander is a great corner, right? Like that's never really been in dispute. Um and yet I'm still of the belief that um if Jefferson gets held to a single catch in a game for 15 years i think sam if that occurs the issue is beyond just a great corner and a great receiver that speaks to the quarterback having a horrendous game and cousins had a horrendous game 
that speaks to the offensive line having some serious issues and they have some serious issues. And that speaks to not enough being done within the offense in order to find unique creative ways to get the ball into Jefferson's hands, right? Because if you don't, he's it. Like he is your best player and it's not at all close, frankly. And so if you only get this dude one catch on the road, you know what I mean? Like against your arch rival, I don't know how you expect to win, right? Especially when you're not running the ball, especially when your defense is frankly not very good. So I, I just think across the board, um, a brutal performance. And I don't think they can just sweep it under the rug. I don't think you can just burn the tape and move on. I think you actually have to understand it. Um, what I don't know. What, what are your, what's your kind of assessment? Yeah. Like I, I think, <clears throat> I, I'm glad you like you clarified about the motivation piece. Like, I think it's certainly like there is like yeah. There's there's I'm there not saying a, they were dogging it. No, there was a lot to play for, and I felt like against Dallas, it felt like it was just it was really flat. Like it was like there was yeah. no sign of life. Like from like the get go, yeah. like uh, like Cousins got sacked by Parsons. I think like a second play in, and it was just like yeah, this game's over. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. It, like right. it felt like that. Uh, the, like. I think you said like the the Cowboys game certainly point differential wise was was worse than this, but there was something about yesterday's loss that felt really uh, maybe it's just discouraging. Like I felt like in some ways it was the loss that I came away from, and again, yeah, trying to have that unbiased perspective felt the most like man that was just a real miss. Like there are games where you just you don't have it. It felt like the Eagles game they didn't really have it. Felt like uh, Dallas. They definitely didn't have it. Uh, the loss right. to Detroit again. They that was a good team. They just kind of get outplayed and and just weren't as good as them. But yesterday just felt really uh, mm-hmm. like. And I guess you could use the word flat, but I don't know if they were really that flat. Like they just they just seemed to make mistakes. And I guess maybe like you said, maybe it is a coaching thing. Um, maybe it was performance related. Certainly, you you realize the loss of some offensive linemen are going to hurt any team, but especially the Vikings who already uh, yeah. were the Bradbury. And, and I, I don't know. I just, I felt um, like, again, even the final score, I don't know, tells the whole story. Cause like, you, like it was, yeah. they, they got a couple late touchdowns when game was oh, over yeah. and you had, you had subs in. Yeah. Um, but to, to touch on the Jefferson point, I think like, you, you need to get creative in getting the ball in his hands. And I think you like there was some addition, like they, they got the ball into uh, Hawkinson and Osborne's hands. And you could tell like they really were doing yep. that, but whether it's bringing Jefferson in around for uh, a sweep or a screen or like whatever it takes, like I think yep. for him to only catch one pass yep. the entire game, I know he's targeted five times, yep. um, it's not it's not good enough. It's kind of stunning. Um, you know, and we've seen him line up in the backfield at different points. I don't think we did yesterday. Um, you've seen him, you know, go in motion across the formation. I mean, he did that a ton yesterday. And a lot of times what they're trying to do is basically just use him as a distraction, open up a seam ideally for your run game. And, and I get it. It's all part of this broader gamesmanship because he attracts so much attention that you do this, but maybe a little pop pass, you know, as, as he kind of burns it in front of cousins and a little pop pass and see, you know, can he make a man miss, pick up four, five, six, seven yards, get that, you know, a feeling of confidence, the ball in his hands, you know, pick up, like do something here 
um, you know, these like bubble screens might have been challenging in that for so much of the game, they're playing really tight on him at the line of scrimmage, um, which was a particular challenge. I mean, you're um, you're on the road, so it's really hard to hear. He's looking in at uh, his offensive line at Cousins from the ball is snap, ball is snapped, you know, and then, you know, right there, you've got your corner right on you. who's a big, physical, strong guy. Um, but, he, you know, one, he needs to do more to counteract that. And two, uh, the offensive coaching staff needs to do more to help him out, right? And so Hawkins is at 12 targets. At the beginning of the game, in the first quarter or so, something like that, targeting Hawkinson was horrible, right? It was um, pass defense. It was uh, off his fingertips. It was deflected and popped up for an interception that was brought back for a score. Um, and so I understand this idea of you need you need a secondary option to emerge opposite Jefferson. And I do understand this idea of uh, maybe working those secondary options at first. You know, th- this is like a boxer working the body before trying to land the uppercut. You know, I, I see it. Like, there's strategy there. Um, but it was just unfortunate the way things went down. Hawkinson had 12 targets. Jefferson only had five. And then, in some ways, very concerning, you know, Thielen had four targets, just the one catch. Um, just not quite as quick as he once was. And so, basically, if you have this team load up on Jefferson, try to be really, really, really physical at the line of scrimmage. And then uh, bracket him down, you know, kind of double cover him down down the line a little bit, intermediate and deep. Uh, does the Vikings' offense have enough to pivot, right? And does it have enough to pivot on a day when their offensive line is out of sorts, right? When when Chris Reed, who was not brought in to be a center, is now playing center for the game again against a tough defensive front on the road. You know what I mean? Like, and that that's where I kind of. That's where I initially had that thought where I wondered about their preparation throughout the week. Because it was like, you know that Bradbury's not going to go. And then you know that you therefore have Austin Schlotman as your starting center. Okay, that, that's fine. You know, he can do a serviceable job and grind it out in the short term. But you also know that you're one injury away from the third option here. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure Chris Reed got all kinds of reps, but there was a lot of mistakes there, right? And, and, and the offensive line was at When you see the offensive line, and the quarterback, everyone move, and the ball's not snapped. That penalty is on the center. You know what I mean? Like that. That penalty is like everyone kind of knew. And again, like I don't. It's just so hard to untangle in a sense. I don't want to sign blame really. Um, rather, I think what Sam and I are trying. We're not trying to say, oh, criticize Chris Reed or criticize this coach or anything like that. But rather, just make this observation that this wasn't a good enough performance. And and so for some in some way, this has to get better, right? And and. And it's fair to maybe have some of these questions and say, gosh, the coaching needs to be better in these areas, the players need to be better in these areas, and so on and so forth. Because you better believe in that first round of the playoffs, you're probably playing the New York Giants at this point because we've been dropped down to the three seed. Um, if, I, if I'm the defensive coordinator for the Giants, I'm getting real physical with Jefferson at the line of scrimmage and going from there and and, and going from, and, and seeing what, what, what the Vikings can do to pivot. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um... I think that the you you picked up on a piece that I think is kind of hard where like I think we try not to 
put blame on one individual player like kind of like there is a whole when does the team lose the team well also you realize that there are certainly players that contribute more to wins and losses uh yeah. than not and and again there was there was several you ev- like there was evidence by the penalties uh that happened yesterday uh at how out of sorts the offensive line was and it, it like type of preparation right like like it you 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 need to make it as simple as possible i know romo was talking a little bit about uh yeah. different cadences and and such like just like you just got to get the ball out like because they, they they were already struggling enough the, the penalties just they they sewer this team um so again I, I think we could break down different parts of the game but i think realistically i'm kind of interested to hear your perspective on this because i think uh one of the things i've picked up on vikings fandom is that uh there's a lot of noise after losses and i don't maybe that's probably not mm-hmm. um it's not exclusive to the Vikings, but there's certainly, I think, this no. year, uh, because of how many wins there have been, but then the way that they this team loses, it feels yeah. like after the losses, there's a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been certainly noise that has come from uh, national media about the Vikings because they see the record, but there's a lot of people who have yeah. a lot of opinions about this team. Uh, some believe probably more... Uh, would be inclined by looking at stuff like point differential and one score games that this team isn't for real. Um, right. What, from, from your perspective, how do you like, what do you, how do you navigate that as a fan? Cause I know we've talked about this at different points about just kind of enjoying the season, but um, come away from a loss like yesterday. Uh, what do you do when you see the noise around this team? So the noise is uh, kind of, yeah, it's kind of a symptom of the broader, you know, the noise is is not itself the issue. The noise is a symptom of the issue. Um, I don't know. I've, I, 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 I hesitate to go too far down this path a little bit, but, and, and kind of give it an official name, but wonder if sometimes we have a little bit of little brother syndrome where for like three straight decades, the Packers have had Hall of Fame quarterback play. Um, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. For a team to have have that, that is um, remarkable. Uh, you know, borderline unheard of, borderline kind of thing. Uh, and and that makes them relevant, very relevant. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean they've been good year in year out, but it means that at the very least they're pretty pretty respectable. And quite often they have been very good year in year out kind of thing. And so there is, if you look at the past three decades, the Packers have been better, right? Like, and that, that's, that's just not really much of a debate, I don't think. I think there's been years when Vikings have clearly been better, and there's no doubt about that. Um, who's been the second best team in the North for the past 30 years? Oh, it's clearly been the Vikings kind of thing. But I do wonder if there's a bit of little brother syndrome in the sense of not getting that respect, not getting that, never being kind of... I mean, you know, I mean, Sam is an older brother. He doesn't have a damn clue. Uh, but, you know, this this sense of, like, you know, kind of always better than us, always kind of um, the one in first place, wanting to have that respect, seen as equals, that kind of thing. Um, in reality, I think the way it'd be much more productive to look at it would be to say, okay, fair enough. Like, you guys clearly deserve that win. 
and there's really not much debate. This this was the fluke fraud game. This is this is these were the words we heard. You know, frauds and flukes. These were my things. This was the fluke fraud game, and there was basically nothing in week 17. If we just isolate week 17, to suggest otherwise, right? Um, but the way I'd like to look at it is that the score is basically one-one. You know, we we took care of you in week one, and it could have been a lot worse. We kind of took our foot off the gas, and you guys took care of us pretty good in week 17. And so, my hope, in a sense, as just you know, this is NFL football. This is about competition. Let's go to the playoffs and settle it for 2022. I mean, I know it's 2023 now. Happy New Year, by the way. But let's let's go to the playoffs and let's put a best of three and let's see. And and that that's so that's basically my mentality is to say, okay, we 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 got you pretty good before. Okay, you got us pretty good here on this one. Well done. All right, tip the cap. Let's let's get into you go ahead, get into the playoffs. And and let's let's go at it and let's see, right? I, I don't actually think if the, if the matchups are gonna work out kind of thing, but but have to be some crazy stuff happen. But that's kind of my mentality at this point. It was like, all right, let's you know, fair is fair, right? Like let's let's do it. Yeah. So that that's how I look at it. But I, I don't know if you think that's more productive or if you have a broader sense of Vikings fandom and so on and so forth. Yeah, like I, I think um I, I think I've said before, like there are it's the in, the return on investment of being a fan is so poor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah. you you kind of just need to enjoy the the good times. Um yeah. and yep. uh I, I specifically with the Packers, I, I agree. Like in some ways, I think there's probably a way you can spin this and saying, you know what, this is probably the kind of loss that you almost, um, not that you're ever okay with a loss and especially a loss like this, but it's like, you know what, uh, going into the playoffs, having a loss like this, like this team gets to show what it's going to do to rebound. Like this team, the, the Vikings haven't lost two straight games all season long. Um, the the this Bears game, I don't even know like what to really make of it. I think there's probably some different opinions about what you do now, um, yep. whether you kind of play your starters for half the game or. Yep. Um, but I, I I would be inclined to maybe making sure that players still get reps, but maybe just kind of getting a feel for the game and making sure that uh, you stay healthy because we've seen what happened with the offensive line. Like exactly um, that you you don't want to risk injury to a game where you're kind of working for seeding. And even now yeah. the Vikings kind of are out of their own control of their seeding. They're kind of waiting on exactly teams to make some mistakes. Um, but I think you, you get to rebound and you get to show people. And I think realistically at the end of the day, even if the Vikings win the Super Bowl, there would still be people that would say, oh, they there's they're frauds. Like exactly. They didn't They'd say, still like, say you were so lucky. But Look at this like, break you got. Just yeah. a couple games, like it, yeah. There, if your goal is to try to prove some people wrong, or you're trying to uh, go back and forth with some of the Packers media, which I saw a lot of people do this week, like no one's going to convince anyone else on yeah. online that they're wrong, um, and so you get to do it. And I, I think certainly I, I've seen some some perspectives on uh, just trying to like look at the season as a whole, and I think if you had said at the start of the year, like when we were doing our season uh, previews, like mm-hmm. this has been more than what we've expected. 
um, in terms of how well this team's done. And we talked about, hey, you know what? Maybe they could win the division. That would be great. Uh, yep. They've done it. We can do that at the end of the season and celebrate that. At this point, I'd really like to see the Vikings win a playoff game and do that. And I, I have confidence that this team will rebound well. Uh, and I think that they, they just need to bring it in the playoffs. Uh, they're going to play at least one game, hopefully four. Yep. And that that's kind of all you can do at this point um, is when, when you have a performance like this is mm-hmm. to better yourself moving forward. Okay, so then I got two questions for you. Maybe we should end on these two questions. Two questions for you. Um, first one, next week, Lions-Packers, who's going to win? Oh, man. Well, both quite good teams, like both teams that are, have been really turning on late. Um, seeing what the, the Packers, uh, the, uh, the Detroit killed the Bears yesterday. Um, yeah, they did. It feels like the Packers, but I'd really enjoy seeing the Lions win. Not necessarily out of like Packers hate, but just more out of like if you're if you're cheering for another <laughs> team in this division, you're cheering for the Detroit Lions. Like, oh yeah, of course. Like it's they Lions. just have been so bad. And uh, yeah, so um yeah, I, I that's not an answer. Uh it's not. No, I was gonna say I'll that. say Detroit. Okay. I'll pick the Packers just to be crunched to uh take the uh the opposite answer kind of thing, but I'd be thrilled. I, we'd both be thrilled, I think, to see the Lions win. Nine and eight, a winning season for the Lions. And potentially, that would be enough to get you into the postseason, potentially. So, Lions, Packers. Sam says Lions. I say Packers. Yeah, gross. But I'm picking the Packers, apparently. Uh, final question for you here, then, Sam, is Quasi uh, Fomensa, Kevin O'Connell, call you, say, gosh, we don't know what to do. Should we rest our starters in week 18? Sam, you decide. What, what do you say? Yeah, yes, rest them, or, or no, go out there and, and play it honest. Yeah, I, I think you probably do the hybrid, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, where you sure. play them the first half. I don't think it serves teams well to completely go off. I guess you, you have to evaluate, like, again, I know there's the injury report, but if 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 there's any player that's ne- like has a nagging injury, like you have a Zadarius Smith yeah. who says you know, my knees bother me or whatever. Like it's not, a, it's not a question you, you, oh, you yeah. rest it. Yeah. Um, but I think for rhythm, especially after a game like this game this week, I think you need to play them at least for the first half. At least first half. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I think if I was given control over, cause like you said, this loss means you, you've before you had full control over your destiny to a certain extent, you had, you had really good control over your destiny. Um, now you've given that away. You now the three seed. Um, I say, you know what? Fair enough. Three seed. Come on, New York Giants. Come visit us at the bank. And um, yeah, I say rest the starters week eighteen. That's that's my that's my uh, kind of probably stupid opinion, but there it is. I know. I, I think there's I, again. This is there's a reason that this isn't isn't an easy decision. Um, Seeing Brian O'Neill go down is brutal yeah brian o'neill is an excellent excellent right tackle and he's someone who you're hoping will be an excellent right tackle for years to come right and basically so i think after the game uh o'connor was saying that there's going to be an mri um schlop and i unfortunately i think he um 
I think he broke a bone. So that's your backup center is now out kind of thing. Um, O'Neal, it's a calf injury. And I don't know what that means. And there's going to be an MRI. And so you just hope that a week off will mean he's, you know, tip top in, front, in time for first round of the playoffs kind of thing. But uh, th- those those kind of, like, you just don't replace Brian O'Neal. You just can't. He's, he's so good. Um, so the, the, that's what makes me nervous. That's what makes me nervous. A, a player, anybody getting hurt, but especially these players, you just, you couldn't possibly replace them. No, no. And, and I think you, you, there's a lot of players you say, if we, if you lose them, like, yeah. you're, you're in trouble. And yeah. um, again, I, I get there, there, there is no easy answer. I think there is certainly the safe uh, answer, but really the goal yeah. at this point is to win in the playoffs and what's going to give you the best chance to do that. And I just, from, from history and, and kind of what I've seen and, be interesting to see the statistics on this but um it doesn't feel like teams that rest players or um team like like you look at the buy that these right. first seeds have had it doesn't it doesn't always work it's like rest isn't always the best thing or or taking a week off right. isn't always the best team thing for a team uh, right that's my right. argument uh okay against, but but yeah let's we'll, we'll we'll wrap up here i know uh we've kind of started to talk a little again about hockey and world juniors were now officially into yeah. uh, the uh, elimination round working towards medals. Um, well, I'll do a full recap kind of at the end. Um, mm-hmm. the, it's been a really good tournament so far. Uh, um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, there have been some good performances from Minnesota wild prospects, particularly uh, one of them is, is spot check. Uh, defenseman on, on Czechia four games. Yeah, seriously. Goals, yeah. Uh, Czechia has, has been a very good team. Uh, one of the surprises of the tournament have uh, really activated their D and, and Spotchek's been a part of that. And so uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit more of a recap, but uh, go Canada go and uh, be a, a fun week of that. So we'll be back next week, talk about Bears, and we'll have a picture at that point of what the playoffs look like uh so we'll uh we'll talk then and and figure out where the vikings go from here take care everyone have a good week and uh we'll talk to you next monday